BDR's Prime Resources Podcast is dedicated to providing you with the knowledge you need to help your business achieve prime results, with prime being the most flourishing stage or state. Let's do this. Welcome to the Prime Resources Podcast. I'm Matt MacArthur, BDR's Director of Training. Today, our topic is how and why to document procedures. Joining us today is Laura Irons-Finley, BDR Financial Coach. Laura, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, Matt. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. Uh, Very excited to have you back. You were outstanding in your first episode as we talked about uh, what owners need to know about bookkeepers. So I'm looking forward to hearing what you have to say about procedures. Thanks so much. That podcast was a lot of fun, and I know we'll have the same amount of fun today, so super excited. (laughs) We'll try to have fun, but not too much fun. Uh, Stay focused (laughs) here. Uh, So let's start out this way. Um, You know, we're going to be talking about procedures and and some things around those and the importance of them in in the business. Could you just start us off by giving us a quick definition of a procedure? Sure. So a procedure, um, whether they're understood or known or written down, is just simply how to do something uh, within a company from start to finish, how to carry out a workflow of, of a certain task that needs to be completed. So it's the how-to. Okay. So, yeah, we we need those in a business. That's We get consistency from that. but. You mentioned uh, another word in there in your definition of procedure, workflow. Uh, how does a workflow fit in with a procedure? How do those two go together? Yeah, so in general, when you have to accomplish a task, there's always a why, um, which in BDR we talk so much about having a why. Why do we do something? Because that makes it important, that gives it relevance and value. So the why we call a policy. So what is our policy? What is our foundational kind of rule? What is our company? Why, why do we do this process, our workflow? Um, and then from there, you go into a workflow, which can also be called a process, but it's mostly looking at who is involved and at what point do they get involved. And then the procedure is just the bigger piece of all of this, and it is the how-to. So it's step one, step two, step three. And, and so on and so forth to complete the task. So having a why, knowing who's involved, and then having your procedure or your how-to. Great. Uh, that is a wonderful explanation. And little side note, um, we at BDR, uh, and those who work with us, hopefully they know this, we are big believers in uh, workflows and procedures. Um, mm-hmm. Would you agree? Absolutely. We have to have them. Um, I think in any company, and especially with BDR, there are so many uh, different staff members and so many different tasks to complete. And a lot of people are involved at different stages of, of, certain, of certain procedures. And so we do need to have that clarity um, or those cues of when am I going to get involved? What do I need to do in order for the next person to get involved? So 100%, they're very important because if not, then we're all lost and the task doesn't get completed. Yeah, no, and that's uh, we we feel that internally here at BDR and and all businesses need this. 
So let's talk a little bit more about why it's important to document these procedures. You know, we might be relying on our our brains to remember things. We might be relying on mm-hmm. that long-term employee, you know, because they know how to do this part of, a, of the job. Can you talk about why we need to actually put some of these in writing? Absolutely. So procedures, you know, like we said, they're so important because they guide you in your day-to-day operations. They give us a roadmap. And a lot of times, like you said, too, if there's someone who's been on staff for a long time, you know, it's in your head. You do it every day, you do it once a week, uh, whatever the procedure may be. You know, it's in my mind. I know how to do this. Why do I need to write it down? I hear this a lot with clients. Um, And I would say the biggest part of this, just to start off, there's a lot of different uh, important points to hit and benefits as well. But to start off, it, it really builds a culture of consistency and making sure that the end result is uh, what you want it to be after the, the workflow is completed, after the procedure happens. So I think it, it sets an expectation of consistency across the board. Um, so that's where I would start. There's so many more, so I can keep going if you want me to. Well, I, I think we'll probably draw out some of those as we go on, but uh, I love that one about consistency and then what you said about building a culture. So now we're mm-hmm. um, becoming a, a more unified group and doing things uh, in the same way every time. We're getting a little bit of that uh, McDonald's effect where mm-hmm. you know you get your Big Mac uh, in Seattle or you get your Big Mac in Arkansas. It's still a Big Mac. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, um, and a little story from my own experience here, Uh, when I was young in my manager duties, uh, the way I really became a believer in procedures uh, was when I had one of my employees leave without notice. And uh, there were some very good reasons for that. And and part of them were I was not a good manager (laughs) at that time. But when that person left, um, I didn't really know how to do her job. And so I had to figure that out. And it was very, uh, it was not a fun process, I guess I would say, Mm -hmm. because we didn't have anything documented. And, And so to survive, I had to figure out that those steps of how to do all these different things that that person had been doing that I didn't know about. Um, and from then on, I mean, I've just been a huge believer in procedures. Uh, let's get them documented. Uh, let's have these so that if someone leaves, if someone gets promoted, if we need to bring on a new person, we've got this tool that tells them how we do things. Yeah. So that's I, a, I've that's had about, so many clients go through that same thing. Sorry, Matt. Oh, that's, that's okay. Go ahead. I was just saying I have had so many clients go through that same thing as, as well as I've gone through it myself as a manager also. Um, and that can be oh, just a very intimidating situation to be in. Um, so I like to tell clients, and then I did this as well with my team, is if I had to sit at your desk tomorrow and you were not here, I would need to know how to do your job. We still need to book jobs for technicians to run calls. 
I still need to follow up on what you're currently working on. You know, someone needs to perform payroll, um, different things like that that are very are vital for company survival. And if only one person holds those keys, it's it's like I said, very intimidating if they're unavailable for whatever reason or leave us or something like that. So huge, huge uh, importance there for sure. Yeah, it, it can put us at risk if we don't have these things documented. So, mm-hmm. uh, Laura, let me ask you this. Um, say we're in that situation that, that I was in years ago, and we didn't have anything documented, any procedures. Uh, I like what you said about the mental, uh, getting yourself in the mental frame of mind of sitting at your desk and, and what are the things you would do if it have to be done if you were not here. Is that how they get started or, or how do we kind of get going on this journey of building out procedures and documenting them? Yeah. So I, when I first start talking about writing out processes or procedures with uh, clients, I think the number one issue is where do I get started? How do I get started? Um, it feels daunting because how many things do we do a day? How many tasks are carried out by each uh, employee? So I would say a good place to start is to have a mindset that keeps this very, very simple. So my typical recommendation is what is a process that we do all the time or a procedure that we do all the time that's very simple to explain. We already know how to do it. It's successful. Let's go ahead and write it down. And for me, it doesn't have to be something very um, detailed or there don't need to be paragraphs or anything like that. It's simple bullet points and maybe even screenshots if you're documenting them electronically, um, which I definitely recommend. So starting somewhere that you already kind of know. Um, we don't have, we're not pulling things out of the air that we don't do every day. <laughs> you know, those those situations that we find ourselves in and those procedures that we carry out all the time, we can we can go through them and say, this is step one, step two, step three. And then that starts to build out a picture of who's involved, what needs to happen. Um, and then you have the opportunity to ensure this is actually the way I do want it to be done or not, depending on what that, that procedure is. Okay, yeah, I like that. So we're, we're gonna start building these muscles and it doesn't mean we're going to load, you know, three different 45 pound weights on the, on the bench press mm-hmm. for the very first time we get under there, you know, we're just going to do the bar, right? kind of get the basics first. I love that. Um, Want to explore something you talked about, you mentioned screenshots. And I think mm-hmm. maybe when folks think about procedures, they're initially thinking about words, you know, mm-hmm. um, documenting that. What are some elements that that could go into a procedure maybe beyond just words? Sure. So obviously we work and we utilize a lot of, um, especially in VR and with clients in, in the HVAC field, we utilize a lot of digital tools. So, for example, Service Titan, um, any other sort of dispatching software like that. And then uh, QuickBooks, our accounting software. On, on my end of things, that's typically what I'm seeing is some sort of dispatch software or accounting software. And so if you give someone, let's say a dispatcher is gone for the day for whatever reason and a bookkeeper who mostly uses QuickBooks 
has to sit at their desk and, and dispatch today or something like that or, or invoice or, or do some sort of pr procedure that is in uh, dispatching software. If you have the procedure documented with just words, um, it can leave room for maybe clicking the wrong button or choosing the wrong uh, area of where something needs to be completed. And so having the screenshots is really great. You can know if you're on the right track. Having a visual within the procedure also can uh, give you a break on how much you have to write and explain. This is, I love this specifically in our processes. We've been really uh, building out our procedure manual with BDR, with our financial coaching, um, um, all of our different procedures that we carry out. And when there's screenshots and it's step one, step two, step three with screenshots, I don't really have to read anything. I don't necessarily have to follow uh, a, you know, whole paragraphs of verbiage. I can just follow the pictures and it's very simple um, and very, very clear. And so I think instead of just droning on with words, some of those screenshots and those visual aids can be really helpful from a clarity perspective. Yeah, I think that is so true. And and one thing uh, we're doing in the training department here at BDR is we're um, using a lot more of uh, screen recordings where you might do like a, a Zoom meeting that no one else is on and uh, you're kind of running through the keystrokes of uh, something in a software and it'll record those strokes and you can actually kind of narrate it as well, um, which is almost another step uh, beyond a, just a screenshot of just a whole almost short video of, of how to get to mm -hmm. something in a software. Yes, that is actually really cool. I I have not recorded one myself yet, um, but we do have a lot of, of our procedures being recorded by financial coaches. Um, and I know there are several um, people on the team who really enjoy doing that. I love following that kind of procedure because I'm a very visual learner. And if I'm following somebody as if they were showing me how to do something specific, I learn that much more quickly. So I think too, something can be said of not only clarity, if, you know, am I doing this correctly, but also retaining how to do something, uh, seeing it visually, running through it as if someone's teaching you in real time with that video like that can really, uh, I think, further the learner, uh, their, I guess, their retainage of, of how to do this the next time. Absolutely. Yeah, and I love your point there. It's really a teaching tool, you know, and so we want to mm -hmm. deliver it in the way that that's going to best connect with the person uh, who's receiving it. So that's that's really smart. Um, let me uh, let's go here now and talk about <clears throat> if we have to if we're starting on this journey the first time you know, getting our, mm -hmm. our procedures together. Does that mean the, who does this? Who starts to put all these together? Is it mean the owner and the managers got to come up with all the procedures for the department mm -hmm. or who all can be involved in this? Mm -hmm. No, that's a great question. So I found that when I was a manager um, and when I was a manager and I worked I worked in Baton Rouge, Louisiana with uh, uh, a company there and we were BDR clients. That's how I got involved with BDR and then eventually became a coach. 
I learned a lot managing, um, which I know you had mentioned earlier. It's definitely an experience, a learning experience on how to manage people. Um, so I did, I, I think one thing that I really learned was you can't simply say to a dispatcher or someone who or a bookkeeper or someone you're managing, this is how I want you to do this. Um, and then it's just expect them to fall into specifically your the way that you do things. Um, not everybody learns the same way. Not everybody understands or works the same way. Um, so what I learned after you know a little bit of inconsistency and in trying to get people in my lane and my train of thought, my perspective, um, is we we really got our our whole team together, sat them down, and said, okay, you have to do this procedure every day. I don't. This is what I want out of it. This is the end result, and this is what's going to be managed. And so then how do we get there? What's step one, step two, step three? And what I, I found in that is by involving them, a couple things happened. One, consistency was 100% increased just because they came up with the process. So another thing that came about is I gained a lot of um, ownership and buy-in by my employees because they came up with this process. It was their responsibility. Um, it really generates a sense of excitement and ownership of the tasks that they do. Uh, talking about why it's important, again, increases that buy-in. So involving the team uh, did a couple things for me. It got me as a manager the results that I was looking for because now they're doing it in a way that makes sense to them. But then um, it also kind of got everybody excited about the process and took some of that weight off of me um, because as a manager, I don't want to write, you know, 50 procedures. That's a lot. That's a that's a big weight to carry. So being able to kind of give that over to the team. Um, managing it, setting expectations for, you know, their performance and, and what end result I was looking for, their involvement really solidified that um, just so that we would we would get that end result, we would get that consistency on their end instead of me just saying, this is what you need to do, you know. Yeah, it's amazing. I, uh, that was almost exactly my experience as well. <laughs> <laughs> where initially you kind of feel like, oh man, I got to take this on all myself, you know, it, and then you realize that it's a, you're actually way better off involving the team who's actually doing the specific task and encouraging them and getting their buy-in, as you said. Um, and it mm -hmm. really, I would second that thing about taking the weight off your shoulders. It's just like, oh, I can totally breathe again, um, knowing that uh, we're, I've got people helping me in this and we're kind of all working together towards the same goal. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, absolutely. And it, it reminds me of something, uh, one of our trainers, Jeff Plant, who's uh, our leadership specialist, he talks about setting the vision, you know, as a, an owner or manager. And that's how you, just like you said, of uh, talking to the, the team member that, that you're going to have work on the procedure showing them the goal, talking them through the why, and then letting them go and put those steps together. That That's setting the mm -hmm. vision. And then you don't have to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And let them do, you know, what, what they're closest to. And then your role becomes kind of supporting them and, and approving um, the work that they put together. So would you, you say, got it. Uh, 
yeah. So is there any else, uh, uh, anything else to the, maybe the manager's role related to procedures? You know, if we're really going to have the folks that are doing the work come up with this steps, what should managers be doing in this process? Yeah, um, I would say, so one thing I wanted to mention earlier too, as a manager and owner, um, you can't reach everybody individually all the time. You know, that's something that we definitely want to do. I think as managers and owners, we want to make sure all the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted. And we want to make sure all those little tiny steps are being taken. Um, and so micromanaging, I think, is a tendency, especially for an owner manager who is more of a perfectionist. I definitely would say that that is a description of how I managed initially is I would want to control every single part of everything everybody was doing because I didn't want to work behind people and things like that. Um, so I think written down procedures um, and being involved in the process, but also including the team, it allows you to let go of some of that control, which is really great because no one can really micromanage everything. Nobody has time for that. And you want you want your employees to be successful. You want them to be confident. You want them to be capable and to be able to carry out all these tasks without you over their shoulder. So um, I think um, one way a manager should be involved without having to overreach everybody all the time is creating part of the process or the procedure that uh, allows you to have accountability in the end. And this is something I talk about a lot with my clients. Um, they'll, you know, we talk about procedures. At first, it's intimidating, um, but then it's, you know, it's like writing a report in college. I was an English major. As long as you can get that intro uh, paragraph, then you can go on and, and do the rest of the paper. It's no big deal. You just got to get started. And so um, my clients, once they get started with those procedures, it does kind of, um, spark a, a good amount of excitement about it. And, oh, I didn't even know we were doing this this way. And I don't really like that. This is what I'd rather do. And so um, once that starts going, um, they they start writing a procedure for everything and, and get on the, the call with me and they'll say, look, Laura, look at what I wrote. And that's wonderful. I think my question that always comes kind of full circle back around is, how are we going to manage this? So once this is finished, how do we know this has been done without you making sure step one is done, step two is done, step three is done? How can the procedure run from top to bottom? And at the end, you as the manager or owner can know that this is completed and you don't have to worry about all those middle steps. So one, one big thing that I would recommend and encourage is we always need end of the line accountability. So I would think like, um, for example, uh, when when you're writing a process for daily billing, um, service tech goes out, we perform a service, we have to bill the customer, we collect from the customer. The end result of that is we're recognizing revenue and we have cash in the bank. And so those are two things that should be the result. Um, and I think where an owner manager would get involved there, uh, and this is just one piece, I feel like there are a lot of different parts, but one piece they can get involved in to make sure all that's happened is having an AR meeting every week uh, with the bookkeeper or who, you know, a manager, service manager that needs to also be involved and seeing did we collect these, these amounts um, from our daily billing. And if that's the case, our AR will be managed. If it's not the case, it will be out of control. 
And so we can't just hope that we collect cash. As an owner manager, we need to have that kind of meeting or um, checkpoint or report pool once a week to make sure that those things that have been put in place are being carried out the way that we want them to be carried out in the way that's effective. So, um, so yeah, I think the end question for someone in charge is to say, how do we know this is done? Um, how do we know it's done right? What can we check? What can we pull? What can we look at to ensure that that procedure has been completed appropriately? Oh boy, that was awesome. Um, <laughs> there's a lot I want to talk about from that. I love the phrase end of the line accountability that that just really connects with me of, yeah, we get to the mm -hmm. end of the line and we got to stop and say, did we get this done? And did we get it done mm -hmm. correctly? Um, and whether that's through a meeting, whether it's through reporting, you know, whatever manner it is, we, we need that. And I think that is so true. Um, one of the mm -hmm. things that uh, Barry Burnett, co-founder of BDR, would always say is that a manager's job is not to do it, but to know that it was done. Mm -hmm. And that was something that that he would just say to me over and over again <laughs> when he would see me getting becoming a micromanager uh, or, or looking over one of my employees shoulder too much or trying to do too much myself. He would say, Matt, you got to step back. It's a manager's job is, is not to do it, but to know that it's done and to help get that mm -hmm. procedure in place and then have that, as Laura says, end of the line accountability to know this was done it was done correctly and once you start doing that then you truly become a manager mm -hmm. so i thought you just said a lot of genius things there basically <laughs> <laughs> thank you <laughs> so th this is great we're we're really getting into things on uh, procedures and and the nuts and bolts of really how to use them which i love mm -hmm. um so uh, we're, I think you were starting to get into this a little bit, but I'd like to talk about it a little more if we could. As we get procedures created, um, maybe can you talk about how we keep them updated? Maybe how often we need to look at that? And then how do we manage them? Where do we, where do we put them? <laughs> you know, how do mm -hmm. we organize them in a way that, that is uh, useful? Yes, that's a great question. Um, one important thing on this topic is that a procedure manual, I guess that's what we can call it, or where we keep all of our procedures or um, all of our, having our procedures together, it's very important to realize that uh, a manual procedure list, whatever we're calling it, is a living document. Um, it's not something that we can just kind of set it and forget it kind of thing. Uh, you don't want to write a procedure and then just hope it's correct forever. Um, something that we we teach a lot is let's go back to the procedure. What did we talk about? Does it need to be revised? Does it need to be changed? Um, at BDR, we, we work to revise all of our procedures once a year. Um, we have a procedure log at the end of every one that we write saying this is when it was last reviewed, by who, on what date. Um, just to make sure things don't change. <clears throat> um, with a lot of my clients, there's so many uh, 
so many um, employers and, and managers and owners and companies are transferring their, uh, are, are converting their dispatching software lately is what I've been reviewing and, and finding. Um, a lot of people are, like I mentioned earlier, going to Service Titan um, or maybe going to software for the first time or changing from one to another just to be more efficient, to have more ability in the office to run um, run like they you know want to if there's limitations in the software. And so all that being said, if we write procedures and we say, you know, when the service tech is finished, then they give this paperwork over to the dispatcher. And then when we transfer everything into a digital software, we're not shuffling around paper anymore. That part of the procedure has become irrelevant and not the case anymore. And so if, if if that happens, we obviously want to review that procedure and make sure all those new steps are entered. Uh, once a technician invoices from the field, a payment should be collected, the dispatcher clicks on these buttons to make sure all of that goes through appropriately, whatever it means. Um, and that's how you can keep that, like I said, living document very relevant. Uh, you don't want your employees following an old procedure, you won't get the result that you're looking for. And so I just wanted to start off by saying that. And then as, as far as tracking uh, goes, we have a, a procedure tracker that we recommend and give out to our clients who are on financial coaching. Um, but it's it's very simple. It's a spreadsheet saying um, under you know revenue recognition, these are the different procedures that we take in order to make sure that revenue is appropriately recognized. Uh, it was written in, you know, 2011-2022. It needs to be revised on 2011-2023 and make sure it still makes sense, it's still relevant, um, and it still has all the uh, appropriate tasks to get the, the desired results. So keeping all that together, um, a tracker is really nice because you, you can just see at a glance which ones are outdated, which ones do we need to look at. And then I would recommend some sort of digital tool to keep them all together. Um, at BDR, we use SharePoint. Uh, we use a lot of Microsoft products, but there are so many products out there to, keep, to help you organize and keep track of everything digitally, um, which is definitely the recommendation. Uh, paper is a little bit more difficult. You don't want one binder that everybody has to look at. <laughs> Having something digitally available is much more accessible to more people. Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when we had uh, binders for every position at BDR. Um, <laughs> And, mm -hmm. and that was a true challenge of keeping those updated. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we're living in a digital world now. Mm -hmm. Some things there that you said that really stood out, uh, procedure manual, it's a living document. You know, that, I think just just saying that is like, OK, yeah, that means we got to we got to feed it. You know, we got to make sure it's maintained because uh, it's a living thing. Um, procedure log. So we know kind of all the different things that we have um, when it was last reviewed. And then the procedure tracker, I was I'm taking some notes here and I put a, a star next to that one because that's something I've got to revisit as a manager here at BDR. Mm -hmm. We've got lots of procedures, um, but we've had a mm -hmm. lot of newer people start um, here recently. And I'm not sure they, they are familiar with all the procedures that we have. And I, I'm going to, take this idea and, and work with my team on it so that for each of the, the major areas we have that um, so we can see the, the true bigger picture and make sure everybody knows what's available to them. I, I love that idea. Perfect. Um, 
one thing I wanted to talk about here, you know, because we've gotten into a little bit about management and, you know, how procedures can support a manager. Can you talk a little bit about uh, delegation and how a manager can use procedures to delegate tasks? Sure. So um, when it comes to delegating as a manager, I mean, like we talked about before, you can't be in all places at once. You can't do everything by yourself. Um, I did try to do that. I'm sure you've tried to do that too. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's oh, a yeah. tendency. <laughs> and so well, I think once you realize it's just not possible, um, having a procedure makes it clear who the delegation is going to. Uh, a problem that I always ran into or you know, initially when I was learning how to manage, uh, the first time I was a manager, just a huge learning process, um, was that nobody can read my mind. Um, that's unfortunate. <laughs> And uh, I run into but maybe that a good, lot with uh, but maybe good in some ways. Well, you're right. <laughs> you're right. So, um, but I run into that a lot with clients. Uh, I'll hear, you know, a, a bookkeeper or a manager. I work a lot with managers and owners. A lot of my clients are on the smaller side, so they often are performing bookkeeping functions themselves. And so then they'll say, you know, this dispatcher, she just never never knows what to do or I, you know, there's no communication or, you know, it's very, it can be very frustrating to do things on your own um, or expect a certain result without having clarity. And so I think where delegation comes in is if everybody is on the same page that you are and the ex expectations are clear for what they're performing, then what you're wanting to come to pass will. Um, if you delegate, but there's no clarity, there's no procedure, there's, I, I think there's kind of no telling what you would get. So um, having that, that clear, I, I, I could probably have a dollar and be very rich for how many times I say clear expectations, because without that, nobody really knows where they're going or what they are supposed to be doing. And I think I said this even in, in the last podcast I was on with you that everybody, I think genu most people genuinely want to do a good job. They want to be a good employee. They want to be valuable. Um, they want to be recognized for what they're accomplishing. And so having those clear expectations gives gives your employees a, a, an opportunity to be able to do things the right way. And so I think procedures really play into that in the sense of I don't have to say, okay, we did this and now let's do this. Um, all of that's there in a written process and allows managers to, to kind of let things run the way they want them to run without without hoping for a specific result without those, you know, clear expectations. So um, super, super huge, huge thing in delegating. You can say, please carry out this procedure. And if it's clear and it's written, uh, there shouldn't be any problems there. Yeah, no, I, I think that's uh, great advice. And, and that was my experience as well, is that once I started using procedures as a tool for delegation, my res the results that we, we got became so much better because it was helping me more clearly communicate what I wanted done. So, um, mm -hmm. and there's nothing, an uncommunicated expectation is just never going to turn into anything. And, and we can't expect right. people to read our minds. We just can't. Right. Um, okay. I think uh, it might be nice, Laura, to go back um, as we start to wrap up our discussion here and just return to um, that 
kind of uh, map you painted us at the beginning about procedure, workflow, and policy and, and what those three things are mm -hmm. and then how they fit together again? Sure. So policy is the foundation. So it's the why. Why am I doing something? A uh, good example I wanted to mention earlier, and I kind of slipped my mind, was policy. A good example of policy is that uh, our company uses purchase orders for every purchase. It's not really telling you who's doing it or how to do it. It's just saying this is what we do. And that runs back into the culture builder, um, building a culture of this is how our company does this. doesn't matter how everybody else does it. It doesn't matter how everybody may want to do it. This is how we do things. So policy is really a huge piece of, of the culture side of it. Why are we doing this? Why does it matter? Um, and then your process or workflow. So we say workflow because process and procedure can get a little messy saying two P words. <laughs> so the workflow is really who's involved. What are the triggers? Um, and that's another thing I, I did, didn't mention earlier either. In the workflow, you have triggers. So once one person does something, what's the trigger that's going to cause the next person to do the next thing and the next person to do the next thing until it's completed? So your workflow is really just painting like a, a picture of who's involved, at what point are they involved. And then your procedure is more detailed. It's, it's the how-to. Step one, I open up Service Titan. Step two, I create a job for a customer. Step three, I create a purchase order. Um, showing you which buttons to click using those visual aids like we talked about, kind of uh, laying out specifically what are we doing, how do we do this. And so that's a big overview. The procedure is really what you're going to be looking at most of the time um, and really sets those uh, specific duties and expectations that should get you your end result that you want. Beautiful. And then... At your one more uh, line of genius from you, end of the line accountability has got to be there um, at the end of all these, uh, the policy workflow procedure. Um, so we make sure we did everything that we should have and we did it right. You got it. Okay. Well, Laura, I think you've uh, done a wonderful job on this topic today. Any final thoughts for our listeners? I think the one final thing I would say is um, that it's, I can't uh, stress enough how important procedures are um, from the perspective of if you've sold your company or if you decided to hire a general manager or you wanted to kind of back out of the company as an owner or something like that, procedures ensure that your company can run the way you want it to without you being there, um, which is just a huge, huge benefit and very, very important. I, you know, in, in your company, if you're selling your company, the purchaser can say, I can come in here and run it like you do and be just as successful as you are. And that, that's just something big to be able to say. I don't have to micromanage anyone. Everyone, everybody's on the same page. Everyone knows what to do. Um, your company can run very successfully without having, having your finger on every dial. <laughs> so just wanted to point that out too. Oh yeah, absolutely. That that's a great one to mention. And I think if we didn't catch some people with some of the other things we've talked about, that probably got right to them uh, about how they can have more freedom, you know, and what they do. They can build a more valuable company um, mm -hmm. through 
through procedures and, and they can really stop putting out fires all the time and become yeah. more proactive rather than reactive. Absolutely. 100%. Well, uh, Laura, I thank you. Uh, glad to have you back on the, the podcast. We'll just have to start thinking about what our next topic is going to be. Wahoo. I would love to be back. <laughs> we will definitely do that. And uh, for everyone listening, thanks for listening. Uh, we'll talk with you next time.